Welcome to today's edition of the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. In addition to feature reports, I'll bring you a look at regional and national agricultural news. And the show starts right after this. We're thrilled to announce that the North Valley Nut Conference is taking place on January 31st at Silver Dollar Fairgrounds in Chico, California. This event is held in conjunction with University of California Cooperative Extension. It's a golden opportunity for professionals in the tree nut industry. Network with our exhibitors and sponsors who are committed to your success in the orchard. Earn valuable continuing education units and expand your knowledge on the latest industry trends. Listen to our expert speakers, share valuable insights and practical advice, but attendance is filling up fast. So make sure you visit myaglife.com backslash events and register today. We hope to see you there. Monterey County has enacted a mandatory abatement program for select weeds as part of an effort to contain the Impatience Necrotic Spot Virus, or INSV, which has severely impacted the region's lettuce crop in recent years. Officials are urging residents who notice any of the 10 most important weed hosts of the virus growing near lettuce production areas to report the siting to the County Agricultural Commissioner. The Agricultural Commissioner will investigate the siting if inspectors find one of the 10 suspect weeds the virus and the insects that vector it, they will serve the property owner with notice to abate the nuisance. If the property owner does not abate the weeds, the agricultural commissioner can abate the weed and bill the owner, according to Hannah Wallace, a Monterey County agricultural programs biologist. Wallace discussed the ongoing weed abatement program during a pest management meeting held by the University of California Cooperative Extension in Salinas in December. Monterey County farmers in 2022 suffered an estimated $150 million in crop losses as INSV, which is spread by thrips, move from field to field in the Salinas Valley. The county normally harvests 100,000 acres of lettuce, valued at $1.2 billion. Last year, exceptionally wet and cold conditions from atmospheric river storms resulted in a dramatic reduction in INSV infections, but lettuce growers suffered an additional $54.4 million in losses from the storms. INSV on lettuce causes yellowing and stunting that can make the crop unfit for the market. Management is difficult because the virus has hundreds of crop and weed hosts and is easily spread by western flower thrips after they feed on an infected plant. Fourteen reports of the weeds have been made in the Agricultural Commissioner's Office in 2023. All of them have been resolved voluntarily. Some of the sightings have been on the ground owned by Monterey County, the cities of Salinas and Gonzales, Caltrans and Union Pacific, according to officials. While INSV has been widespread in the Salinas Valley in recent years, sometimes with severe impact, it has been relatively mild in 2023. The virus was first detected on Central Coast lettuce in 2006. Since 2018, it has frequently destroyed entire fields of the crop. We control and research to develop varieties with genetic resistance may be key to long-term management. Researchers from the University of California and the U.S. Department of Agriculture are working with lettuce growers on crop breeding trials aimed at diminishing the threat. California Governor Gavin Newsom recently announced he is allocating $22 million towards mitigating the fruit fly infestation going on in the state. The governor's strategy involves investing these dollars to help control the exotic fruit flies, including the Mediterranean, Mexican, and Oriental fruit fly in the state. The governor's 2024 to 25 budget was unveiled recently, and he said California is experiencing the largest fruit fly infestation in its history. As per the Western Growers Association, the exotic fruit flies have affected a range of crops, including blueberries, grapes, melons, peaches, pomegranates, and strawberries. The California Department of Food and Agriculture has set up seven active quarantine 
teams and initiated projects to trap the insects in 15 counties across the state as per the budget document. The document goes on to read that given a magnitude of the infestation, increased detection and eradication efforts this year necessitate additional resources. In a year marked by significant challenges for many growers, including high input costs, softer pricing for many commodities, and a myriad of harvest challenges, Fresno Madera Farm Credit has announced a record distribution of $19.4 million in cash patronage to its member borrowers. This year's distribution represents 1% of each member's average daily borrowing for 2023 and reflects the board's understanding of the current economic landscape and its commitment to supporting members when they need it most. FMFC's board, comprised of individuals deeply rooted in the agricultural community, has always strived to make decisions in an understanding of what members face economically, balanced with the future needs of the organization. Fresno Madera Farm Credit, founded in 1917 as part of the National Farm Credit System and continues to provide reliable and responsible credit to American farmers and ranchers, helping them to grow and thrive even in the most challenging times, according to the company. U.S. exports of California walnuts to India have experienced a significant increase with imports more than doubling between September and November compared to the same time frame last year. This surge follows India's decision to eliminate its retaliatory customs tariffs on a dry fruit. Just before President Biden's visit to New Delhi for the G20 summit in September, India decided to remove additional customs duties imposed on several U.S. goods in 2019. This was initially a response to the U.S. increasing tariffs on certain steel and aluminum products from India. During Indian Prime Minister Modi's inaugural state visit to the U.S. in June, both countries agreed to resolve six World Trade Organization disputes and remove retaliatory tariffs on several U.S. products, including walnuts. India also reduced additional duties on a range of products such as chickpeas, lentils, almonds, and fresh apples. California walnuts, which are harvested from September to November and shipped throughout the year, constitute 99% of total U.S. production and almost half of the global trade. The largest export market is Germany, followed by West Asia and Turkey. Exports to India initiated in 2013 reached a high in 2016 to 17 with 14,385 tons. However, due to high tariffs, crop issues, and COVID-19 disrupting global supply chains, imports dropped to 3,552 tons in 2021 to 22, according to data from the California Walnut Commission. As California's walnut market share in India decreased from just under 70% in 2017 to 18 to 14.8% in FY23, in fiscal year 23, other countries capitalized on India's additional duties on American products. Currently, Chile is the top walnut exporter to India, with a market share of 75.3% in fiscal year 23, a significant increase from 29.7% in fiscal year 2018. With recent freeze warnings in San Luis Obispo County and 30 below degrees in other areas, local farmers are having to take necessary precautions as frost and freeze conditions could potentially devastate crops and other delicate vegetation. At City Farm SLO, the planning schedule is strategically designed around the seasons. Crops like tomatoes, zucchinis, and cucumbers are only planted in the spring to avoid the winter frost. In addition to carefully timing their planting schedules, farmers employ other protective measures, such as using insulated greenhouse houses and covering plants with blankets at night. Agroplante is the leading manufacturer in specialty products. 
Aquaplante formulates products that rise to the challenge of today's growing conditions. Saline and sodic soils reduce crop yield and cause significant crop losses. Agroplante developed Cation EX5 Plus with growers in mind to manage soil salinity. With multiple years of research, Cation EX5 Plus has proven to be an excellent source of calcium and an effective soil salinity manager. Run it through drip irrigation without any issues. Simplify your application method with innovative and efficient formulations. Alleviate salinity stress with Cat Ion EX5 Plus. Agroplante. Imagination. Innovation. Science in action. It's very attractive. I mean, it looks wonderful and, you know, lemonade drinks for kids or cakes or cocktails at your favorite place to go to. So I think it, I think it's going to change how people uh, view blueberries too or pink berries on this is I think a big complaint of regular blueberries is, well, this one's sweet, this one's a little bit of mealy or this one's mushy. Well, pretty much 95% of these have the same consistent flavor in the pack. Some might be smaller than others, but overall the, the flavor is very, very consistent. Greg Willems, president at California Berry Genetics, discussing the Pink Cosmo blueberry, which as it sounds is a pink colored blueberry. It's a naturally occurring phenomenon due to a dominant recessive gene for pigment and will be available for licensing by California Berry Genetics and is being grown by GNM Farms. The University of Georgia's breeding program and Professor Emeritus Scott Naismith developed the berries Willems brings to market, including the Pink Cosmo. The variety came out of the University of Georgia. Uh, Scott, Dr. Scott Naismith uh, is a world-renowned world renowned horticulturist and developer, and so he came to me and said, Greg, I think I have something that's really unique, and, and my wife and the kids and the grandkids love them, so let's do a trial. But getting back to um, the characteristics of the fruit, Obviously, it's a later season variety, especially here in Fresno County. So it would ripen um, approximately around July and probably early July. Uh, the fruit characteristics, it's got a very uh, subacid. I would say I describe it as a floral white nectarine flavor with a little bit of like um, like a fizzy taste to it. I don't know. It's hard to explain. It tastes like candy to me. And um, so the fruit is very... It's firm inside. It's unlike regular blueberries in the fact that it's not mushy. It's not mealy. So pretty much every bite from every piece of fruit is going to be similar. And I think that's always an objective of any plant breeder. But that's one of its main attributes is the fact that it's not mushy or mealy. And it's got a great floral, like a rose, um, hints of rose with uh, a white nectarine and low acidity. And just a really uh, pleasing uh, palette to the fruit itself. Um, the color, like a, it can be, it can vary from like a very bright pink to a slight burgundy, depending on the sunlight and how it hits the fruit. Um, but it's very attractive. I mean, it looks wonderful and, you know, lemonade drinks for kids or cakes or um, cocktails at your favorite place to go to. So, the color just is, is amazing. And I've never seen anything like it in all the years I've ever been. I've been farming berries for 20 years and I've traveled the world. And that's why we're getting such a, there's a lot of buzz out there about it. Just the fact that it's such a unique piece of fruit. And I think, it, I think it's going to change how people uh, view blueberries too, or pink berries on this is I think a big complaint of regular blueberries is, well, this one's sweet. This one's a little bit of mealy or this one's mushy. Well, pretty much, 
95% of these have the same consistent flavor in the pack. Some might be smaller than others, but overall the, the flavor is very, very consistent. I would say the skin is medium to thick. It's going to give excellent shelf life. We haven't had any trouble with shrivel with it. Shrivel can be a factor on regular, blue, regular blueberries. So I think that's a great attribute. But yeah, I mean, in Asia to even your high-end markets, it's been it's just been a huge hit. So we're really excited. This will be our first year of some limited production, and we're going to hit the ground running this year. And we're just, there's just there's just a lot of excitement behind it, and um, I think people are just looking for something new in the berry category. And I and we happen to uh, hit the jackpot on this one. So very excited. Last year was the company's first trial season with Pink Cosmo, which Willems said went exceptionally well. He said the company expects to have marketable volumes next season, although supplies will still be limited to California and a few export markets. One of our partners is Sprouts Farm Market, and Jason Glunt and the crew there just did an amazing job, you know, getting the buzz out for us. And uh, they've been great partners for 15 years. And we, we took them in the store. We had what we did one store trial in Southern California. And I think we sold out in about an hour on about 150 little clamshells. So, we even had employees grabbing them. So that tells you how exciting it is. And, you know, you got, you know, look at the grape industry, cotton candy grapes, right? And now people just elevate to that. So it was awesome. I mean, we were just, we had people coming in there, buying them up. And it was definitely a very limited supply because the plants were just little seedling plants. But as far as the um, reception of the fruit was amazing. You know, with the new Barbie film coming out and all, some one woman emailed me and said, well, can we have a Barbie party with your blueberries, with your pink berries? I said, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> so we had that happen. And, um, you know, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, obviously, when we get global partners, which we are seeking, uh, we can have a product for the Breast Cancer Awareness Month. We think that could be great. And we'd like to participate in supporting people that are dealing with that issue. So um no it's awesome it's going to be great reception was great and uh, i think our biggest problem is having enough having enough for everybody so it'll still be a limited supply thing and we're probably going to keep it as a very niche uh, high-end product and um just a totally different looking berry and i think the kids really like them too so we tossed around lots of different names and we looked at pink gumball we looked at different ones but I wanted kind of something with a more of a more of a sophisticated feel to it, and so I, I think the culinary in, industry is going to be very receptive to it. I mean, you know, imagine taking a creme brulee and putting a couple of berries and throwing one of those pink ones on there, or going to your high end restaurant in Las Vegas and having that little spear of fruit with you know a blackberry and maybe a couple of pink ones. It just it adds a little bit of flair to a lot of dishes. So. It's, it's going to be great. We're, my wife and I are excited about it. While GNM Farms will have the exclusive rights to Pink Cosmo in the United States, the company has plans to license growers in other countries to produce them. You're listening to My Ag Life. I'm Taylor Charlstrom.
Retail fertilizer prices continue to operate on both sides of unchanged for the second consecutive week. Six of the eight major fertilizers were lower in price compared to last month, while the remaining two fertilizers were slightly higher. Once again, only one fertilizer had a noteworthy price change compared to last month, and Hydrus was down 7% compared to last month, with an average price of $789 a ton. The remaining five fertilizers were just slightly less expensive. MAP had an average price of $812 a ton. Potash was at $513 a ton, urea at $534, UAN 28 was at $336, and UAN 32 came in at $394 a ton. Two fertilizers in the meantime were just slightly higher in price compared to last month. DAP had an average price of $725 a ton, while 1034.0 was at $599. Engine manufacturer Cummins Incorporated will be conducting a nationwide recall of hundreds of half-ton and three-quarter-ton pickups as part of a $2 billion settlement on claims that the company violated the Clean Air Act by installing emissions defeat devices. As part of a settlement originally announced at the end of December, Cummins must repair and replace the engine control software in hundreds of thousands of pickup trucks equipped with the company's diesel engines, according to an announcement from the Environmental Protection Agency. One deal wasn't enough. It will likely take a second deal to avert a January 19th shutdown of USA and other federal agencies. The good news of a handshake deal by the two top leaders of the House and Senate on a total spending figure for the rest of the fiscal year was quickly dashed by a bigger problem, which is the clock. Senate GOP leader Mitch McConnell on the difficulty passing a USDA and three other spending bills by the first two shutdown deadlines on January 19th. The simplest thing is take a week in the Senate. So I think... Frequently, the House doesn't understand how long it takes to get something through the Senate. Where it takes 60 votes to move major bills and overcome filibusters, unlike the House that works by a simple majority. Ag Senator and Republican Chuck Grassley says House GOP insistence on regular order also takes time. I think there's still going to be an attempt to pass individual appropriation bills, and that's going to necessitate a short, continuing resolution until we get them passed. House Speaker Mike Johnson said last year he wouldn't do another CR or stopgap funding bill. Now he says, I'm not ruling out anything, committing to anything other than getting these appropriations done. And I think we can. And we're pushing everybody hard. But Senate GOP leader McConnell says a CR is the only choice. We need to prevent a government shutdown. And so the obvious question is, how long does the CR need to be? And That'll be up to the majority of and the Speaker to determine the length of the CR. Speaker Johnson, like his ousted predecessors, already facing a rebellion from his hard right flank, not just on more CRs, but on the lack of big cuts or social policy writers on the top line funding deal. The Federal Communications Commission plans to start winding down the Affordable Connectivity Program as funding for the effort dries up. The FCC has emphasized the need for additional funding for the program, and the White House recently made an additional funding request to Congress for $6 billion to keep the program going. With less than four months before the projected program end date, and without any immediate additional funding, the Commission expects to begin taking steps to start winding down the program to give households, providers, and other stakeholders sufficient time to prepare. FCC Chair Jeff 
Jessica Rosenworcel said in a letter to lawmakers, if Congress does not provide additional funding for the ACP in the near future, millions of households will lose the ACP benefit that they use to afford Internet service. While Congress initially appropriated $14.2 billion for the ACP, more funding is needed to keep the program in place. The FCC expects funding to last through April of 2024, running out completely in May. January 2nd is the deadline for those who are interested to apply to be a part of USA's agricultural trade mission to India later this spring. USA Ag News reporter Rod Bain has more information. Less than two weeks remain for representatives of U.S. agribusinesses, state departments of ag, and domestic ag commodity and trade organizations to apply to take part in this April's USDA-led ag trade mission to India. The trade mission runs from April 22nd to April 25th. Undersecretary for Trade and Foreign Agricultural Affairs Alexis Taylor is going to lead this trade mission to New Delhi. Ryan Brewster of the Foreign Agricultural Service says India's growing middle class and 1.4 billion consumers provides opportunity for both traditional diet staples as well as the potential to introduce or expand new markets in that nation and neighboring countries like Sri Lanka and Nepal. Some more of those high quality consumer products. So we're looking at distilled spirits and wines, seafood ingredients for further processing in India. More details about the mission are available at www.fas.usda.gov. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. CHS Incorporated, the nation's leading agribusiness cooperative, has released results for its first quarter, which ended November 30th. The company reported quarterly net income of $522.9 million compared to $782.6 million in the first quarter of fiscal year 2023. Earnings were strong across all segments, although down from the record quarter earnings in fiscal year 2023. Revenues were $11.4 billion compared to $12.8 billion in the first quarter of fiscal year 2023. In the ag segment, continued robust meal and oil demand drove strong earnings in the oilseed processing business that were offset by weak U.S. export demand for grains and oilseeds. CHS President and CEO Jay DeBurton says they continue to see benefits of their diversified agriculture and energy portfolio, their strategic footprint, and investments in their supply chain. CHS reported pre-tax earnings of $169.7 million for agriculture, representing a $117.6 million decrease compared to the prior year period. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcasts, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate, and influence growers in the Western United States. Everywhere you go, you see West Coast Net Magazine on every one of my customers' tables. So that tells you everything. That's, that, it's there, so they're reading it. Our My Ag Life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing Team, thank you for listening. Thank you.